Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning, Atlanta, and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders from Atlanta and the surrounding communities. Silver Lining in the Cloud is sponsored by CDI Managed Services, where we provide outsourced IT consulting and integration solutions, infrastructure monitoring and help desk, and cloud and private cloud and public cloud computing and data center hosting. That's a mouthful, isn't it? I'm Dominic Rainey, and I'll be hosting today's show. Uh, we have a great studio full of uh, business leaders with us this morning. Uh, with us, we've got uh, three guests, uh, one from 3CI. We'll be talking with their president, Rob McLean. And then we'll be talking with Jeff Andrews. He is the CTO, that's the chief technology officer, over at uh, GT Software. And then we'll wrap it up talking with Michelle Richards, who is a vice president of business development and marketing with Community Management Associates. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Thank we're you glad, to, glad to have you. It's no show without you guys showing up. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedules to uh, be with us this morning. And... Uh, you know, we're, we're just going to kick it off, I think, uh, talking with uh, Rob McLean over at uh, 3CI. Rob, why don't you tell us about 3CI? It's an interesting name. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what you guys do and how you got it started and all the good stuff about 3CI. Sure. Well, 3CI is a new name. Uh, we rebranded wow. last year. And we legally, we are Comprehensive Computer Consulting Incorporated, which reeks of the 70s because we were founded in 1978 as Comprehensive Computer Consulting. The company has okay. been in business for nearly 40 years here in Atlanta and is a trusted partner for tech staffing and consulting for nearly four decades. Under new ownership as of last year, it was owned by a family, the McBrayer family, for almost 40 years. Uh, they, uh, Charlene, the prior owner, chose to retire. She had 19 grandkids. And instead of putting the company out to sell to a strategic buyer, uh, she approached her personal network to say, okay, uh, I want to leave the company with somebody that I trust. And so she approached her personal network. There were some interested buyers, and that's how I came to be part of the company about 16 months ago. Okay, excellent, excellent, Rob. Uh, the, you know, staffing is a, you know, is a competitive business, you know, especially in Atlanta. Yep. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, you know, differentiators from other firms that do what you do? Sure. Well, we're the longest-running tech staffing company in the city, um, you know, 1978, it wasn't the tech industry. It wasn't even the IT industry, right? It was the computer business. Yeah. So times yeah. have changed, but we have lasted. I think uh, what, I, what stands out to me and one of the reasons that I joined the, the company in the first place was that our first customer ever in 1978 is still a customer today. So I think that says a lot about treating people the right way in a business that is highly competitive. And we're in the people business, right? W what we do is serve people. Um, and that's how we try to impact the market is by providing a positive impact to the people we serve in every area of life that we can by helping them get jobs, by helping our customers attract and hire the best tech talent. Um, and so because we've been in Atlanta for so long, we've got a huge network, a huge network of the, the top tech talent in Atlanta. We can go provide that to our customers all over the city. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I guess let's see, forty years. Is that be, that's before the internet, right? <laughs> Way before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're right. Technology, it's amazing, isn't it? How far we've come. It's it's, uh, it's crazy. Absolutely. Well, well, you know, the computers used to take up about the size of the room that we're in right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it really is an interesting uh, industry in itself because 
just go back, going back not that long ago, 2008, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's the tech sector suffered quite a bit. It did. And then uh, totally rebounded. I mean, we knew it had to because mm-hmm. you can't do without your computers and all that stuff. So yep. it's just a, just a blip it, on the screen. It's a, it's a completely different market now. Totally when, different. When you look at, uh, especially when you look at the tech talent, in 2008, there was more people than there were jobs available. That's a complete opposite of how it is today. Today, there is a tech talent shortage. Don't let anybody tell you that there isn't. I bet when you talk to Jeff, he'll tell you that about hiring people at GT, Yeah, that it's it's a competitive market. You know, unemployment rate for developers, software developers in Atlanta, zero, zero percent. State wow. unemployment rate is at 6%. Technology in general, the whole market is under 3%. And I think it's even lower than that. Wow. So uh, listen up, people. I mean, <laughs> if you want a job, get some uh, technical certifications under your belt. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is is there, uh, I mean, like, how much of a shortage is there? I mean, you guys are doing business nationwide, mm-hmm. right? We are. So you can go get it. You know, you can get the business somewhere. We, we can, but I, I think See. it's I think it's an issue for the country and for the economy. That yeah, there's not a short-term fix. Um, you know, there's lots of regulations coming out about what we're going to do with visas and things like that, which I think could potentially hurt the tech sector. But the, the fix to me is a long-term fix, and it's a, it's a feeder problem. There's not enough people graduating with STEM degrees. There's not enough people uh, graduating with computer science degrees. Um, we need to be able to, uh, to provide more tech training, more two-year university association degree, uh, associate degrees, and things like here in Atlanta, General, General Assembly, that mm-hmm. are providing these great training classes for people to go pick up a skill that they maybe did not have. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's an issue. And so when you're going to try to find the tech talent, you need to fi- you need to have a partner that you trust, that somebody that's been here for a long time that can help you go do that. But you better have a pretty compelling message about why it's cool to come work for you at your company. Oh yeah, right? oh yeah, always. Mm-hmm. I, I think in anything today, sure. You know, it is so competitive. We're speaking with Rob McLean. Uh, he is the president of Three CI Staffing here in Atlanta. And uh, you know, would you say that Atlanta is the norm, or, or is it different uh, than other cities when it comes to finding talent and and, and also the availability of, you know, jobs. Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's um, it's a little bit different. For the South, I mean, Atlanta is the technology hub of the it's South, the hub, right? Yeah. Uh, Charlotte's growing. Uh, even Birmingham. Charlotte is growing. Mm-hmm. Even Birmingham is starting to have a good tech presence. But mm-hmm. compared to other cities, big cities, I think it's about the same. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's a tech sh- uh, talent shortage nationwide. I really do. Okay, so does 3CI go outside the country to find the talent as well? Do you have your connections and we bring do. people in for jobs? We do. We have a lot of people that work for us on a contract basis that are working on a visa, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so um, it depends on the type of skill set that we're trying to place. I mean, companies need to be flexible to find the, the talent that they need. And if you need uh, somebody who's going to be able to work on a W-2 as a U.S. citizen or a green card holder, you might be limiting your available pool of candidates to search from. And so we have a lot of uh, of our consultants that are working out at our cl- client sites are both visa holders, green card holders, citizens, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, that's uh, you guys are busy. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So how many uh, how many people do you have? We have uh, about twenty five internal, and then we have about one hundred and fifty consultants that are out at different cl- clients all over the country. So is the contract uh, is the contract business better, or is it uh, is there more opportunity there than there is in a permanent? 
kind of placement business? There's a lot of opportunity in both, to be honest. It's just a matter of how organizations want to spend their money. You know, a lot of people, when they augment their staff with contractors, it's because they have capital dollars that they've got from their business to to get a project done. Mm -hmm. Um, There's challenges in both sides, but there's opportunity. If I, if I had kids that were in college, I'd be having them uh, get a computer science degree. I'm just telling you that. Or I'd be highly persuading them to go do that because there's so much opportunity, especially for women as well. Interesting stat, computer science degrees nationwide in 2015, only 18% were female. Wow. Yeah, there's, there's, we, su- we support organizations like Women in Technology mm-hmm. and other organizations mm-hmm. who have a goal of trying to get to 50-50 men and women in technology jobs in Atlanta and other places by 2020. And gosh, I, I think it's great to start talking about it and trying to shoot for that goal, but we have to get more females in interested, first of all, and then graduating with degrees that can translate into getting into tech. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a logical direction for women to go in. I mean, uh, really. Opportunities galore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So um, we're talking with Rob McLean over at 3CI um, in Atlanta. You're on, uh, where are you on? Hammond Drive over there. Yep, Lakeside Commons. We just moved into that building in January. We've been right there in the perimeter area for over 20 years. Um, But yeah, we're right there in the heart of in the heart of the city, so to speak. I guess right on the north end. It makes us easy to get out and get to our client sites. (laughs) Yeah, and it's uh, new and refreshing. Sounds like the whole company's got a big uplift going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, which is exciting. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. We've got great people. We've got a great culture. Mm -hmm. We grew twenty percent last year. We're tracking for thirty percent this year. We're continuing to hire people internally and placing a ton of people in tech jobs all over the city. It's very rewarding. We've launched a couple new service offerings as well. Our majority owner, he is passionate about leadership development and training. He wrote a book called The Perfect Plan. And so what we're doing a little bit differently than other firms is that we're not just helping them attract and hire the best people. We're also helping them train better leaders and better people in their organization through the teachings of The Perfect Plan, which is a book based on servant leadership. Oh, wow. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Boy, you're touching both ends of the spectrum. So you're, you know, that that's that, that's a real, really great idea. Well, thank you. Because companies you. need that guidance that direction it's a totally different approach to staffing isn't it it is we're trying the inside right right we you know we don't want to just um compete you know we we'd rather create something new and different um and not try to do the same thing that everybody else is doing so how does that uh translate out in terms of uh you know roi or what that brings to the clients taking the perfect plan approach Mm -hmm. well it's the perfect plan, in essence, is going to create better communicators and better leaders within their organization. So the perfect plan originally was written for any audiences, and we, the author, Don, has, he's taken that message and adapted it to technology leadership. Mm-hmm. And so it's how to be a more effective communicator with your business partner, so how to create long-term growth, and how to, how to do things uh, differently than other people are not. The whole book was written on a study that he did about what top performing people do differently than other people. Mm -hmm. And then there's lessons to be learned and instructions on how to go about doing that. He's called, he calls the, uh, the three promises and the three beliefs. And I think people will be really interested when we start taking that to the market. Oh, great. Great. Rob. So what's your advice to, uh, Georgia companies, Georgia based companies and, um, you know, that are competing in this so-called war for tech talent. Yep. Um, well, take it seriously because there is a war for tech talent. But I mentioned this earlier. I think you really, when, when you're creating a, a job description or you're trying to attract people, uh, you got to understand what tech talent want. And a, a lot of tech talent, especially the millennials, 
they're not just interested in the paycheck. They want to understand the purpose. Why is it cool to work for you? What is going to be my impact on the company's overall mission? Uh, what's different for working for you than someone else? And so when you're trying to attract people, just writing a job description of the skills that you have and posting it online, <clears throat> good luck. I mean, that, that's going to be a challenge. You need to create a compelling message about what you're all about and why it's cool to come work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and invite people to your network, right? Invite, follow people, attract people on social media. Let them know, make them a fan of your brand. Connect them with somebody that might be performing a similar function within your organization, right? If you're hiring a software developer, connect them with somebody who's already there, who's already an internal fan of your brand, right? And the best way to hire people, I mean, we exist for a reason to help serve people and help get them, get them jobs and help our clients attract the best people. But my first way to hire internally at 3CI and most of my customers, Jeff will tell you this, I'm sure, mm-hmm. is referrals. Yeah. The best way. Yeah. So create your internal brand ambassadors, create a great referral incentive comp program that'll really help um, make people a fan of your brand, like I mentioned. And um, gosh, there's just, there's Is so that many working, different ways. That sounds like that's working smart <laughs> instead of hard. You know, a thousand calls a day or something like that, right? That's right. Yeah, just network with people. And I also think you need to, you need to look other places that yeah. people aren't looking. Mm. You know, Everybody wants people from Georgia Tech, but that is a highly competitive place to go get people. Right, right. We mentioned earlier looking at people from two-year colleges, having associate's degrees, looking at sending people to General Assembly or someplace to get trained on a skill. Sure. Look at Kennesaw State. Look at some of your lesser-known institutions. I think that that'll that'll really help. And then, of course, you you got to find got to find a recruiter that you can trust as well. Can you do staffing without uh, face-to-face with uh, the client and or the uh, candidate without a face-to-face interview yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean i'm just i would not recommend in, it <laughs> in today's world of you know so everything's social media and stuff like that people never really actually i think sometimes get to know who they're dealing with you know? yeah it doesn't change you know it's changed you know yeah i guess I, i'm old school you know? <laughs> gotta get in front of somebody, oh, I, you know? I i prefer face-to-face yeah. absolutely but i mean we we skype a ton of candidates yeah. i mean people are busy right well, we have the, yeah, exactly we yeah. have technology to meet people face to face without sitting here next yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah. So at least you know if it's you're dealing with stripes and plaids and polka dots and you know <laughs> all all in one or, you know, whatever. Yes. You know. So, yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, Rob, tell our listeners how they can reach out to three C I. Sure. Get more information, contact you for a job or sure. whatever. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can reach us anytime. Info at three C I Atlanta dot com. That's an email. You can see us uh, online at 3ciatlanta.com. You can also see us every week on 11 Alive. We're the sponsor of the Atlanta Tech Edge show on 11 Alive. So make sure to check that out. It's uh, every Sundays at 1130 a.m. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Rob. That's a great message. Thanks, Tom. appreciate it. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud brought to you by CDI Managed Services. And uh, we're just having a great time here talking techie stuff here. And uh, our next guest is uh, willing to do that, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk to Jeff Andrews. Uh, he is the CTO, the Chief Technology Officer at uh, GT Software in Atlanta. And uh, Jeff, welcome. And uh, lay it on us. What's, what's GT Software all about? Well, thank you for having me, Dom. Yeah. Um, GT Software is a, a small software company that was founded in 1982. We are geared on 
modernizing applications, keeping access to enterprise systems modern and current. To go to what Rob was saying, um, our challenge is not just that of how to attract millennials, but seeing that we're dealing with enterprise systems, mainframes especially, you know, there is that skills gap that's starting to creep on. Um, I call it the gray tsunami. (laughs) 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 But, um, and, and so it's not just, you know, trying to attract those new millennials, right? You know, hey, Mr. Millennial or Mrs. Millennial, you want to come work for a mainframe company? They're like, no way. And uh, boat anchor, huh? Well, that's what they, that's, that's what they think. Well, that's what they think. And, and, and believe it or not, there are so many myths, myths sure. and misunderstandings about the mainframe that um, uh, it, it, it's just, it's just really unfair we to, wouldn't be functioning without it. Absolutely not. We wouldn't I mean, be where we are, you know? You know, Fortune 100 companies, I mean, you know, 70% of the world's data is still on the mainframe. And, and that and that number is still growing, um, especially, um, I think the stat is 90% of the data that's been collected over the last, uh, of all the data that we have today, 90% of it's been collected just in the last five years or so. Yeah. And uh, so... When you need mission critical systems to keep your business up and going, there is nothing other than a mainframe that you can really depend on. Yeah, um, yeah, you yeah. Know, so. Well, the mainframe isn't dying. I mean, I don't think is it. No, no, it, it's, it's just taking a different role. It's it's taking a different role, but it's not it's not dying. Um, there is growth in the mainframe. Uh, Sales have increased, um, especially outside the United States. We see a lot of movement movement in China where they're just buying up mainframes. The one thing that I, I will say is they're offering this as a platform now. IBM's really has developed the mainframe to be an open system now. Oh, so, um, whereas my analogy is, um, you know, if I'm a, a franchise owner of a McDonald's and people aren't buying Big Macs, okay, is that my fault as a franchise owner? No, Big Mac, I mean, McDonald's will have to change their menu offering. And so IBM has realized that and they've done a fantastic job on making sure that the mainframe offers the current skills, um, the current technologies, the, the Java, the JavaScript, the uh, NoSQL databases and stuff. So it's an open platform that does allow millennials to come on board mm-hmm. and use their skill sets that they've learned in, 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 co- you know, in college and stuff. So. Well, there's a lot of local companies. I know of many of them that uh, remarket the IBM mainframes and, and, and uh, minis, you know, and uh, I mean, there's a big market across the globe. It, it, it's huge. Big money. In it that, is so, huge. You yeah. know, the, especially opening up the, the operating, the OS, you know, absolutely. Um, and, 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 you know, it's just not the OS itself because the mainframe now it will run various operating systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, especially you've got, um, you know, Red Hat, you know, that, they've got distribution that's running on the mainframe you know uh ubuntu is now on the mainframe so all these novel 
a la mode, uh, you know, technologies mm-hmm. are realizing, hey, there's a segment that we can compete in. And it's just amazing. You know, the Z13, which is the latest generation of the mainframe, you know, that's designed to handle 2.6 billion transactions per day. That's 100 Cyber Mondays. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Lay it on a CTO. Right, us, right. Give us the stats. <laughs> the, the, those are the stats. So, there you go. Um, so when you're mission critical, I, I want something that's going to be reliable up, you know, um, you know, zero downtime or just as close. And, um, and so, yeah, that's not the mainframe that's dying. It's just, uh, it's just making sure you've got that skill set. Yeah, Absolutely. Wow, that's that's good stuff, Jeff. Jeff Andrews, CTO over at GT Software, and uh, you know this world is like uh, not cheap either. So, how does a company protect their investment in a mainframe? Well, that's a great question. What they need to do is make sure they have the staff on hand to you know continue to um, support their applications, invest in your invest in your staff because again. It's it's not just siloing. If you if you're siloing your developers, right? Mm-hmm. That this is my mainframe group. Okay. Well, when they're about to retire, I've got no one to take over. So big thing is to invest in your staff. You know, yeah, make yeah. sure they've got the skill set. Bring on those millennials that might have a out of the box, th- you know, uh, thought process to really take the new skill sets and see how we can migrate our current applications onto newer technology so that it's, you know, it's not, you know, a what now. Yeah. For for the non-tech listeners, the siloing in a, in a corporate world really hurts the company. Absolutely. Because those mission critical business applications uh, falter and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like closing your little, your little domain right off Ab- to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's probably the biggest hidden cost that companies with mainframes are going to face. Right. And right. it's the loss of that tacit knowledge. Okay. Right. Excellent. Rob, did you get that? Did you write that down? Yeah, I'll tell you, Jeff just made me a fan of his brand. If I'm a millennial and I'm like, why is it cool to work at a mainframe company? He just explained why. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> so protect that investment. Open up a little bit. Get get the new get the new uh, growth and the, the young blood in there. Absolutely. And uh, there's a great market, and they won't re- they won't uh, they won't regret it. That, that, right? That's right. So, so, uh, Jeff, what, what do you see as the, you know, the best use of, since you're so in tune with the enterprise, uh, best use of cloud, uh, in, in, in integration to the cloud and all that. Great question. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with such sensitive and mission critical data, your business processes, um, I think enterprise, you know, it's, it's not cost effective for them to just drop this platform altogether to move it all into the cloud, you know, that, that they've got a serious investment, they've got dependencies, they've got reliability. So mm-hmm. the best use of the cloud for them is to take their non-mission critical systems, their, you know, um, SaaS applications, the stuff that doesn't, uh, the, the, the data, the applications that aren't the business processes, that's not mission mm-hmm. critical. Those would be great in the cloud itself. Right. And, and so, um, 
you know, which would then promote what would be the hybrid cloud approach, hybrid. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what you know I, I think is the best solution for uh, for enterprises. Yeah. So, and then let's not forget about the SMB, the small mid sized companies. We can't forget those guys because they outnumber the big boys, right? That that is right. That is right. Um, you know, of course, the uh, small and medium sized businesses they're not not going to have. Uh, such the investment in enterprise technology, mainframe-wise and stuff. So, and you'll love this, I'm sure, Dom. What I'm about to say is, I don't, I don't believe that it's you know cost-effective for any small or medium business to have their own data center in-house. I mean, it's, it's just I'm a big proponent of move it to a company that can keep you up, that has the resources to keep you humming, because that's your livelihood as a small to medium-sized business sure right? sure you know. do what you do best you know the cap capex days are are are, are changing you know Absolutely. operating x uh, is really where it's at uh, when you really look at it, it's not necessarily cheaper people think it's cheaper to go to the cloud it's not necessarily it depends on how your organization is laid out absolutely uh, and i think that's probably the uh most overlooked cost when you're doing a, a comparative analysis to say, hey, should we go to the cloud or not? I mean, it's 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 total co- it's total cost of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it might be cheaper from a server um, aspect to say, hey, you know, it's cheaper for me to run the server in the cloud than to keep it on prem. But, you know, what you often don't see, you know, CTOs or CFOs accounting for is energy you ah, know and the if footprint. you the footprint so if you take a average server that's 850 watts that is using up to 20,000 kilowatts a day and for one year you're going to for that one server it's costing you $731 you yeah. know based off of the 9.3 cent average of course right. yeah. you know depending on where you at on where you're at in the you know, in, in the United States, you know, if I'm in Hawaii, my, you know, of course my energy costs are, way are way up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, uh, check out your total cost of yeah, ownership, yeah. your resources, how many people it takes. Um, mm-hmm. be, because at the end of the day, those are huge. And the then churn, the churn in people, the churn of the people. Of stuff, and yeah. again, the hidden costs of, yeah. if you don't have the skill set and resources in house to keep you up, you know, what is it costing you when you're down? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Good stuff, Jeff. Wow. Jeff Andrews, CTO over at GT Software. And um, it's uh, happening here on Silver Lining in the Cloud this morning, <laughs> uh, Wednesday, hump day in That's Atlanta, it. Georgia. Wow. This is good stuff. You're a CTO. I mean, you know, you're tuned in. What's the vision look like for the future? You know, how do we stack up and how does GT Software stack up? Wow, well, that's a great question. I think the future is uh, is going to vary depending on the industries. I, I, I really do. I think uh, a single approach isn't a best model for all. Although cloud wise and stuff, I think you know people tend to follow the the buzzwords and stuff. You know, again, you know, going back to the min- the whole mainframe aspect of, of things. You know, the mainframe was providing cloud like abilities before buzzword was even a buzzword right depending on 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 the industry i mean things 
are going mobile. It it's 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 just the way that it is. Going back to how do you interview a, a millennial, right? Even that process has changed. You see colleges now going to, you know, asking candidates to do video submissions, right? Of their yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I, yeah. I I believe that's going to be pretty soon the way we're gonna see companies like 3CI interviewing candidates is is you know um you know just subscribing to his or her video it's interesting you say that because we're actually partnering with a company right now that has created a platform that your submittal is a 15-minute video interview and a technical evaluation where if you're a program you submit code right and then you explain the process behind that code and that's part of how you apply to the job absolutely absolutely (laughs) the future i i think it's you know it will be pretty much a lot of, 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 of technology being pushed into the cloud, but still it'll be mobile. I think everything will be as mobile and, and, uh, and cognitive. Yeah. 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 Take it with you. Absolutely. You know, tech, travels with you technology. If anyone listening or any of you young millennials out there, as you're calling them, technology is boring and it's stagnant and all that, uh, wake up because it's not, that's right. You know, and it's not going to sit still. It's going to go crazy in this uh, next 20 to 30 years. It's just, Probably the next 20 to 30 months. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's spoken by a CTO who's right in tune with the market, I'm sure. Okay, Jeff, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your company in terms of contacts, how to get in touch with you, how to find out more about it, and uh, if there's anything else we forgot to mention that you need to mention about your GT software, uh, tell us about it. Sure. Um, our website is uh, www.gtsoftware.com. You go out there and we'll have all of our contact links and information uh, for our sales and marketing. Also, uh, jandrews at gtsoftware.com. Um, I would be happy to put you in front of the right people for the right opportunity. Excellent. Excellent. That's all you can hope for. That's right. There you go. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Don. That was good information. We appreciate it. Right here on Silver Lining in the Cloud, you're listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, sponsored by CDI Managed Services. And uh, our next, last but not least, guest is uh, Michelle Richards. Michelle, tell us about Community Management Associates. I know you've got a lot to tell us. Absolutely, Don. Okay. Community Management Associates, uh, we do... uh, condominium and uh, HOA management. So a lot of people don't understand when they're moving into that high rise downtown or they're moving into a big homeowners association, who really manages your amenities and takes care of the covenants and so forth in the neighborhood. And that's a company like us, CMA. That's what we do. We started in 1989. We're a family owned and operated company. Dan Henning and Dennis Hoffman were the co-owners of CMA, Mm -hmm. and we are in the process now of bringing that, uh, transferring that to the two sons, the son-in-law, Jay Devlin and Eric Henning, Mm -hmm. as Dan and Dennis step forward. And you branched out into uh, South Carolina and Tennessee as well? Yes, um, we've branched out into uh, Augusta, we're in Greenville, Chattanooga, Mm -hmm. Nashville, We've started a little bit in Hilton Head. 85% of our clients are here in the Atlanta area. As a matter of fact, probably some of you live in our communities, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a few condos and management apartments and real estate in the in the Atlanta market. Is it heavier inside the in, inside or outside? You know, with all the sprawl that's been going on all these years. Well, we don't do any rentals. We only do association oh, okay, management. Great. So. Okay. It is very heavy downtown, obviously, with our high rises. Mm -hmm. And then some of our uh, markets in the South Forsyth County, that's the biggest growing county as far as real estate and so forth. You've got the the bigger um, HOAs up there, like your Laurel Springs and your uh, Seven Oaks and those type of communities in that area. Okay. Okay. And uh, so Community Management Associates and, and condo living is supposed to be the easy living lifestyle and so you you guys make it even easier we do you know we're talking about technology this morning and uh we have our own it department and we do um use a consulting firm as well that's something that we pride ourselves in in making condo living easy for a lot of folks that are moving back into the city the empty nesters are moving back into places like Avalon, you know, on mm. the north side, moving into uh, places like the Wakefield uh, 2500 Peachtree. And people that want an easy lifestyle and want to live in town, visit the restaurants, the enjoy the entertainment of Atlanta, the inner city living. And, uh, you know, their kids are off in college. And sometimes it's the younger folks that uh, enjoy it. But mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a lot of what's uh, what we do is make that easier for them. We provide concierge services, maintenance. We uh, partner with a lot of our vendors to do things, engineering type things. We make it easy for boards of directors on the uh, association to manage that building. And a lot of these uh, buildings and homeowners associations, you're looking at budgets in the millions. So it's a it's important that a management company is in place to manage these assets for the association. Yeah. Do you have a, yeah, I mean, I, what I'm hearing is you're, you're really solidifying or, or helping keep that value, that investment value up Absolutely. and growing, right? Yes, that is correct. I mean, one of our main focuses is to keep that curb appeal for those homeowners, make sure that they're following their covenants so that their property value mm-hmm. stays high. We want to make sure that they their investment is protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does the homeowner um, actually have a voice? How much voice does a homeowner have sure. in the whole scheme of things? You know, it, it really operates like a small government. So, Um, what happens is the association votes on a board of directors Mm -hmm. and typically it's anywhere from three to seven people that represent the association. A company like ours will come in and we work at the discretion of the board. So if they decide they want to build a new play facility, facility, Mm -hmm. then they would do that. And then we would uh, facilitate that building of that. Or if they want to uh, replace the roof on the clubhouse, or if they want to hire a new staff in, you know, in their front desk area, we would facilitate that yeah, for them. Yeah. So, so uh, do you find that covenants make or break that situation? Is that uh, part of the game or because people love and hate, that's kind of like a love hate deal, right? It is, you know, covenants really help protect your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. However, you've seen some of the fights around town. Oh, you know, I can't fly my flag because of my association or I need I can't paint my house the color that I want but um, you have to uh, it's buyer beware you have to make sure you're you know when you're buying in 
a community that is an association and they do have covenants that you need to comply with. Mm -hmm. And they're there for a reason. They're there to protect your value and make sure that you're living in a neighborhood that you want to live in. So that is essentially what we do. We want to go in there and make sure that everything is ran smoothly. The homeowners are happy. Mm -hmm. The, um, you know, the board's happy with the services we provide them. Yeah, absolutely. The perfect world. That's right. You know, that's exactly right. That's a tough job. That's a tough job. We're talking to Michelle Richards. She is uh, vice president over at business development and marketing. That's correct. You cover a a lot of turf uh, over at uh, Community Management Associates uh, here in Atlanta. Let's go to the financial side in terms of the dues and all that how does uh, how does the due situation work and how do people pay their dues and is you know how do you know when you're paying you know fairly yeah we at cma have several different uh avenues to pay your dues you can pay them online credit card e-check however you choose to pay them Mm -hmm. and that's part of technology we have various ways that you can do that we make sure that people are paying their dues uh, timely and appropriately and that they're at the right level of dues to support the association. That's part of our budgeting process in the fall of each year. Mm-hmm. Now, during the real estate uh, recession a few years ago, not just real estate, but our little recession, you know, mm-hmm. that that was a struggle. So we had to implement some other ideas and payment plans and, and help folks out, help homeowners out. And yeah. that we're having some issues during that period of time. Yeah, yeah. I can I can imagine that it mm-hmm. was a little rough, a little rough spread there for a while. Right. right. Yeah. Nobody wants to go door to door to collect the dues. No, right? no one wants to do that. <laughs> Bringing technology into it is uh, again. Here's another example. We can't live without it. I mean, Absolutely. It's, just, it's a convenience factor, and it makes it easy for people to do what they do, go to work and do what they do and not have to worry about, uh, you know, sitting down and going and writing checks and all that kind of stuff, right? Just right. use that use that technology and Community Management Associates is in tune with technology world. Absolutely. You run it in-house too, right? We do. We run most of it in-house. We mm-hmm. do have a company um, that does some consulting for us and they um, go to various buildings and if there's any software issues, they take care of that for us. Okay. So uh, if someone is delinquent, how, how do you guys deal with it? Well, there are several ways we deal with it. If it's a delinquent homeowner, then typically we'll send them a late letter ex- expressing that, hey, you're delinquent, let's um, pay up, you know, mm-hmm. very nice mm-hmm. uh, late letter. And then if they get really far behind, we have a collection agency that we deal with and mm-hmm. uh, we've partnered with them. We use them. Sometimes we do have to go to court. So it's and a process. It is yeah. a process. Yeah, but yes. you make it as easy as you can because do. people do forget. I mean, stuff happens. Right? They do forget. They travel. It, yes. Know? Yes. That's right. We, we try to tell people to set up on auto debit so they don't forget to pay their dues and, yeah. and it makes it easy. And, and a lot of people don't realize that that's the budget that keeps the association moving. Hey, that pays for your swimming pool, your tennis court, sure. your, your clubhouse, you know, those, all your amenities. Is there a reluctance for people to, to set up auto debits and all that This in this world uh, we're in? Uh, you know, security still a challenge and, and a concern for people. You guys are over here on the other side of the table, you know? what's the, I think it's, I think it's, Pretty secure for the most part, but there's always a reluctance. It's a personality thing, but gosh, the convenience of setting up automatic payment versus yeah. writing it, stroking a check. I mean, I do you guys still have checks. checkbooks? Yeah, I have you know, one. I, do. I have I, one, I, but I, I think it. I'm on the third check. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. Just, I'll just break the bad news. You know, it's nothing but security theater out there right now. Your 
information has already been compromised. Yeah. Oh, don't think okay. it. Well, yeah. Geez, yeah. Wow, that makes me feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got it. They just haven't used it yet. Oh, That's my right. goodness. Thank you. Wow. Michelle, what do you think about that? Well, you know, we have um, cyber insurance and we make sure that that is uh, up to date and off and running. We, there you go. We have a lot of security uh, mm-hmm. it, things in place at CMA so that we don't have those issues. And we, yeah. knock on wood, we never have yet in yeah. the yeah. 26 years we've been in business. So, that, you know, that's good. Hey, it can happen to anybody at Absolutely. any time and we can't fear it, mm-hmm. you know, and you guys are doing, taking all the measures you can to, to, for that to not happen. That's right. And yes. that's all we can do, right. you know, so, yeah. but uh, that speaks well of the organization, community management services that you are doing the, all you can do on the security side. And, and it's a convenience. Come on. Right. That, that's got to offset it. How do you control those situations like um, parking, pets, pets, a big thing. Oh, pets, pets and the, you know what goes along oh, with pets, right? Oh, that's exactly I can't right. Say it. You know, it's uh, it's funny. Those are the the three P's of uh, community association management, and the parking it uh, it's an issue everywhere. Luckily, mm-hmm. in town, we have a lot of uh, we have rent space. Uh, we have a lot of folks that walk and take the transit system, so we're able to accommodate most folks at high rises with sharing spaces. We do boot and tow cars if if necessary if that comes to uh into play the latest thing in the pets is the dna so we um have we take dna of the pets and then if they um leave their present on the lawn the common area then we can dna it and we can find that uh we can (laughs) me too rob i'm like ready to fall (laughs) over do a backflip holy moly wow Wow. So pick it up, people. That's right. Scoop it up. That's right. I'm going to have my pet's <laughs> DNA checked just so I know, so right. I'm prepared. Well, keep in mind, this is nationwide. I mean, this isn't wow. just unique to Georgia. Condominiums, HOAs, this is, it's nationwide. And we work under a uh, community association institute. That is yeah. our governing agency. And that's uh, worldwide. So we have, when we go to different uh conferences and so forth we have managers all the way from dubai and canada and everywhere coming in so we learn at those conferences a lot of different things and technology is huge i mean when we drive through communities uh, our managers take ipads Mm -hmm. and uh, the managers is what they do is they click on that home if they're in violation you know they may their yard may be full of weeds or something they hit that a, a, a letter automatically goes out to that homeowner then when they come back in 10 or 12 days, that that house is red. They hit that house again. Another letter goes out. Maybe we start finding them. Mm. So we want people to really keep their property up. It, it just behooves everybody. It's a benefit for the entire association. And it's our job. Some people don't like us for that, but. I was well. say I'll be sending my letters back to you, Michelle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some come with very um, interesting <laughs> words on them as well. <laughs> Oh man! So, are there specific uh, markets uh, that that your company uh, focuses on or targets, or is it how does it work? You know, we find that the majority of our market is, you know, like I said, eighty five percent right here in Atlanta downtown, and then up the four hundred seventy five eighty five corridor where the majority of the associations are. Mm-hmm. Association living isn't for everyone, mm-hmm. and we've told you know people that if they if they kind of are out there and they like to do their own thing, it might not be for you. Mm-hmm. And certain states have more 
association living than other states. So it just depends. Yeah, it does mm -hmm. depend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys are widespread and uh, covering the market pretty well. It looks like that's uh, that's a great organization, Community Management Associates. And um, Michelle, tell us uh, how the people can reach out to the organization, get information, and uh, get a little bit more um, awareness of your what you guys are bringing, the value. Sure. Our website is www.cmacommunities.com. And you can find all the information on there, including our 800 number, info, the info, email address, and so forth. You can request a quote on there. That will come directly to me, and I can provide you a quote immediately. Oh, mm -hmm. there you go. There again. Absolutely. Instant response. That's right. That's great, great. Well, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business, business leaders around Atlanta. It's business to business, folks. To, uh, so we want to thank our guest today from uh, 3CI, Rob McClain. Jeff Andrews with GT Software and Michelle Richards with the Community Management Associates. We appreciate everything you guys have uh, shared with us this morning and everything about your company and what you do for Atlanta and for the individuals working for you. I'm Dom Rainey with, on behalf of CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT infrastructure and user support and cloud computing. So as a reminder to listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and cloud computing, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud. <laughs>